The following is recorded from Marine Creek Church. If you have any questions, feel free to visit our website at www.marinecreekchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning. I'm Pastor Matt. Glad you're here. Uh, if I didn't get to meet you coming in, uh, welcome. I'd love to talk to you in the, co- uh, the probably the lobby. Um, that's the least congested area right now. Um, or we can meet in the parking lot. But I'm Pastor Matt. Thank you for being here. If, you, if this is your first time in your worship guide, there's an information card. We'd love to get some information from you. Uh, we don't abuse that. We're not going to show up on your door. Uh, we just want to get some information to you about who we are so we can uh, start that dialogue about um, getting plugged in into a church home. I think that's very important. Um, before we get into to Acts today, uh, we a couple weeks ago we got to pray for Karen Gann and Amber Galloway before they left for Ireland on their mission trip. And today we're going to get a little bit of a download from them. And uh, I'm excited to hear it because... I'm not going to steal into your thunder. I'm just, I'm about to just turn the whole service over to both of you ladies because, but uh, why don't y'all come on up here? I will, um, I will, I guess I'll just start like I did last service. That's um, what I do. That's I, what you do. I you say the repeat. same thing all three services. <laughs> well, because there's so many things that I'm, that I would love to share, but we just don't have the time. Well, I have like 40 minutes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, in July, I, um, I felt the Lord calling me back over. Um, Ryan and I have already been twice, and, um, but I really felt that, well, besides the fact we needed someone to keep our kids, um, I felt that Ryan wasn't going, but Karen was supposed to go with me. And fast forward a couple of months, we're on a plane to Ireland. Did you bring your box of tissues? No, but I should have. Um... We have known Karen for a long time, for about 15 years, and um, I know that Ireland has been on her heart since the first trip that we went over with 30-something people, Um, and she didn't go then, but I knew she was supposed to go this time, Um, and it was um, was amazing to see the things that have been spoken into her life um, confirmed in many ways. Um, I really, I knew I was supposed to go, but when you, when you go, it we're calling this a relationship trip, um, calling it a mission trip. We didn't build water wells. We didn't build homes. Um, we built relationships. Um, missional living is about relationships, and that's why we went. Um, there's a, there was a great need for, um, for companionship for some women over there. Um, and so now we have some lifelong friendships um, that came out of it. Man, a lot, it, was, it was pretty powerful for Karen. But I was blessed to be able to be a part of it. Um, one thing that I think the biggest thing, one of the biggest things for me was um, we've heard um, Matt and other people around saying, you know, we're one church, we're one, one body. We were in a worship service at a home on Wednesday night. Um, and I was just sitting there and I, I realized that everybody in that room, they're not from the same church. They were all worshiping together as one body. And we have got to get, as American churches or however we're looked at, we've got to find that. Um, we have churches all around us. And the only communication that I know of around, around that is meetings that he has with those pastors. And it's really heartbreaking. Um, so I think we need to find, find that. I mean, that's missional living is relationship building. And 
you can't go through life alone. Right. Um, but I'm going to let Karen try to talk. But it was, I mean, it was definitely an honor to go with her. Um, for for those, there, there are many pictures um, that we've been posting. One thing that... Um, that I, I've known, but I didn't really realize. They're very proud of their country. These women that we were with, we, um, we it's ministering out of love and um, just being there for them. They um, were very happy to show us around their country and to see things. Um, they were very proud. But they were able to open up to us about some stuff, and so... We were able to minister to them, but they also ministered to us and spoke into our lives as well. I just, I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> and being on the spot with really bright lights is kind of making me not know where I'm going with all this. <laughs> so I'll let Karen talk. <laughs> she's, she's much better at speaking. <laughs> yeah, you are. Well, I think the one thing that um, if I had to put it in a nutshell that I feel like the Lord spoke to me through all of this is how we need to do missional living. We need to live out everything that we... <laughs> um, we need to live out every day of our lives in missional living. And um, just what we were doing over there, at first I didn't feel like we were doing anything because we were just going and being with people. And they would, just like she said, they were excited about their country. So when we would when they would say, we want to come spend some time with you, they would come pick us up, and we would go sightseeing, <laughs> you know. And I really felt like, you know, I sat down with the pastor's wife one night. and I was almost feeling guilty. Yeah, I, and that's what I basically told her. I said, I just um, don't feel like we're doing anything. And she then she just started pouring her heart out to me, and she said, you are doing so much to help us at this moment because these people that we're letting you go with, are people who need someone to just love on them and just be with them. And then in hindsight, I started looking back, and then, of course, I started paying more attention to it throughout the week as we were with other people that really that was what was happening. We were building relationships with these people as we were spending time with them. And then because we were individually spending time with them, they felt free to talk to us about things that were going on in their lives. And then we were able to bless them and pray with them and just, you know, bless them in tangible ways. I mean, missional living is not just going and telling people about Christ. It's seeing their needs and helping to meet their needs. And, you know, we, one day we just filled a lady's car up with gas for her, you know, and that was, yeah. And that was just such a blessing that we were able to do that. And, you know, just different things like that, just that the Lord, that really meant yeah, you do love us. You do care about us. And uh, just we were able to visit with a couple of people who were in different ministries throughout Ireland and actually one of them throughout the world. And um, we were able to sit down with them and talk to them. And one of the things that just kept coming up in the conversations we were having with them and then just what God was showing us is it, that's what life is about. It's about building relationships and these two different ministries that we actually got to talk to the people about they were saying how important it was in their ministry that they loved the people first and built relationships with the people and met the people's needs 
Not just say, oh, you're having a hard time. I'm so sorry. Let me pray for you. Meeting their needs, loving on them, spending time with them, and then you're able to share the gospel because they're not going to listen to you the majority of the time if you're standing on a street corner screaming out, if you're a sinner, you're going to hell, you know. They want to have relationship first, and then you can reach them with the gospel. And so that was one of the things that I really saw that was just a repeating thing in my life there. And it also challenged me that when I came home, I need to do more of that. And every day, not just when I'm in church and not just with my church family, but with the people that live next door to me and the people I see in the marketplace and, you know, wherever I am, that's what I need to do is live, that missional living. And um, not only were we able to do a little bit, we, hopefully we were obedient in every area, everywhere we went, but we were also uh, blessed when we were there, and people spoke into our lives, and just one particular, and this is only one out of many of the things that happened, but um, we were at uh, one couple's house, a very godly couple from the church, and um, we, they just invited us over for a meal, and before I went, um, Matt had spoken some things into my life, and the same day that he had told me and it was about our trip, Um, someone else gave me this very same message. And then we had asked some people from the church to be praying for us, and they asked both of us what we could, they specifically could pray. And we had given them a list of things that we were asking them to pray for us. And um, this lady, we were sitting at the table, and uh, let me add one more thing to that. There had also been some things in my life personally that maybe nobody else knew about that I had just been praying about for several years. The Lord had just put on my heart for for me personally and the same thing with Amber. But this was just for me personally at this particular time. And as the meal progressed, the lady said, Karen, I, I really feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. So she came over and the first words out of her mouth were what Matt had spoken to me. The next group of words out of her mouth were the exact things that were on our list. And Amber was sitting there just looking at me like, I can't I believe it. Yeah, um, exactly the, the list of things that we had asked the church, the women to be praying for us. And then the, the third thing was um, just the things that I had personally been praying uh, about to the Lord. And then he just spoke that into my life, and nobody knew that. And so it was just so amazing. And then she walks over to Amber and starts praying for her. And the same thing happened to her, just things that, you know. So we not only went to be hands and feet and hopefully be obedient to the Lord, but he also just blessed us in such ways that are just amazing. And there's more and more and more. And we could we could take up the rest of the 30 minutes that we've got, but we won't do that. But anyway, God is good. Live your life every second for him you don't have to go to a foreign country to live life for the lord missional living is where you are wherever that is if god has you here that's missional living if he sends you to africa that's missional living live for him right here right here where you are today that's good stuff thank you ladies One of the things that I love about com- coming home from a mission trip is, is, is that whole thing of how do I process what I've just experienced, and then the next question is, 
Now, when can I go back? Um, they're already saying, hey, we, we need some money to go back. We've got some things to build and, and stuff to do in ministry to engage in. But I love uh, that we're called to go. There's nothing stationary about the Christian life. One of the things that they've been doing this semester is a discipleship class. And, I mean, they're getting in, and, I mean, they're they are, they are diving in. And I, I stopped in, and they were... Uh, all the ladies in the class were reciting their memory verses uh, to each other. And uh, I'm like, man, when you have this depth of word, you're going to have depth of ministry. Um, we think that growing deeper with God is learning information about him. But, man, it never gets deeper until you go and you sit and you engage in relationships with, with people. And um, Trinity ha- talks to his leaders about that same principle. It's called earning the right to go there. And uh, show me you care before you're going to tell me how to live life. And um, and so, man, we're just happy to walk alongside with it. We've got brothers and sisters in Ireland we've never met. I can't wait to go over there and uh, and meet them. And I'm just excited because the thing about the thing about this Christian life is is sadly in most of our churches in America, it's not just an isolation. It, it's the truth that most. Uh, most Christians, sadly, sit in church every week and live a life void of the power of God at work in their life. Uh, if we think that this whole church experience is to just come and sit, uh, I think we're going to be disappointed with it. And I think if we sit and say, I'm just waiting on Jesus to come back, I think when he does come back, he's going to be disappointed with us. And we're going to realize how many opportunities we've missed. Um, last week, I showed you a graphic, Paul's third missionary journey. Why don't you throw up the first missionary, first and second one? This is a map of his first and second missionary journey. Um, he started in, in uh, Antioch, and you can see where, where he's going out all the colors. If you want to copy this graphic, email me. It's pretty interesting, but it shows all his going out and coming in and how Paul, the apostle, most of this is on foot. And he is compelled by the power of Jesus to go out and preach the gospel. There is nothing stationary about the Christian life. If we think that just getting our salvation and sitting and waiting is what we're called to do, we're missing the point. And so Paul goes out. I mean, it takes an an amazing grace and an incredible amount of power to be willing to go into this kind of journey. That's his first and second one. Throw up the third one. The third one really started in Acts 19, where he... Started in Antioch. We're picking him up in Ephesus today, and then he's going to actually move on from Ephesus. So if you've got your Bible, go to Acts chapter 19. If you don't have a Bible, we have some on the ends of the rows for you. And I say this every week. If you don't own a Bible, write your name in it. That is our gift to you. You now have a Bible. We want you to have the Word of God with you. Um, you can also, if you have a smart device and you're all current on your updates and all that, Jazz, uh, you can get it on version. It's a free app in whatever app store your device uses. Acts chapter 19. Uh, the thing about this, this life is uh, most Christians sit in, in a church every weekend or even don't even show up at a church, and they live this Christian life. That's air quotes um, for uh, the podcasters. They live this Christian life that is completely void of, void of power, and they, they wonder why there's nothing fulfilling about this relationship with Jesus, that, that eventually they start to kind of dissect it and go, you know what, there's nothing there. If there's nothing there, I don't want anything to do with it. The reality is, is, is it's like buying a lamp that you never turn on. 
I mean, I, maybe that's not a good analogy because I know a lot of ladies, you guys buy lamps and never turn them on because they're just decorative pieces. For us guys, it's like putting a floodlight on the house and never turning it on. Okay. Anywhere a guy puts a light, it's needed. Um, so <laughs> I'll pay for that later. <laughs> There's going to be a new lamp in my living room. In the office, great. It's a marvelous light, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but we live this life void of this power, and we wonder why no, nothing happens in our life. We wonder why we don't have a fulfillment. We wonder why we're not growing, why we're not maturing, why we're just merely existing and going day to day and trying to f- figure out this life on our own. Well, well, God has incredible power, and he calls us to live in that incredible power. When Jesus is talking to Nicodemus in John, three, he says, his spirit gives birth to spirit. The apostle Paul later writes that says, when the old is, when the new has come, the old is gone. We are a new creation. We are made new. We're made into the image and likeness of Jesus. This conforming that God wants us to do, that as we die to ourself and spirit gives birth inside of us, it's to help us look more like Jesus. And so this part of maturity in a Christian life is Jesus beginning to mold us and shape us and deal with us in areas of sin, deal with us in areas of complacency so that we begin to look more more like Jesus, so that we begin to engage the world around us with more grace and more love than all of the selfish things that we hold on to. In order to do that, we have to live under this power. Under this power, it compels us to move, to go, to interact. And so in Acts 19, we're in Ephesus, and Paul's been there for a little while. Ephesus is in the province of Asia. What I love about uh, the connection here is in Acts 16, the Holy Spirit restrained Paul from going into Asia. Put up the first and second trip again. See the purple line? That's on the top one. They're, they're, They're about Lystra, Iconium, and Derbe when the Holy Spirit restrains him and they get a vision from a man in Macedonia. Macedonia is way up there, upper corner. They take the purple route because God wouldn't allow them to go into Asia. Now, what's beautiful, go back to the third trip. He goes from Antioch because he'd come home to rest. He goes back out. Where is he? He's in the Asian province. He's in Ephesus. For two years, he is preaching the word of God. And in Acts 19, last week, we finished up the passage. that said, all of the Jews and Greeks in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. How awesome is that? He was so compelled to go and he wouldn't stop because he knew God was leading him that now he's back where he wanted to preach and he has a better voice. And so we're going to pick this up today because the, the, the first thing we've got to understand is this power of Christ, this power that Jesus gives us has power over things in our life. The first one is this power over sickness. This is verse 11, Acts 19. Uh, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. Okay, let me... Miracles don't happen all of the time. If miracles were a regular occurrence, they would be a law. Gravity happens every time. I mean, if I jump off, if I try to stage dive off of this little platform, gravity will take effect and I will have a broken bone in some part of my body. That's just the way I fall. So gravity is a law. Miracles are a rare occurrence and they, they do happen. And God is working within the laws he created But it says here that Paul was doing extraordinary miracles. Not just miracles, extraordinary miracles. 
And it goes on to say that, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. People were taking the handkerchiefs that Paul had touched that, that maybe he had wiped his sweat off on. But Paul, people were taking the handkerchiefs and aprons and touching people, their family members who were sick, and they were getting healed. Now, I don't get, understand this. God is not setting a precedence and say this is how it happens. But God is doing extraordinary miracles. In Ephesus, there's about 250,000 people and one pastor. I have a hard enough time getting around to pray for our church. I think God is helping Paul out because there's a lot of people who, who are sick. And the point, listen to me, the point can never become about the handkerchiefs. The point is this. Jesus has power over sickness. In Isaiah 53, we're told that by his stripes we're healed. When Jesus was whipped before he was crucified, he bore stripes on his back from that beating. And we're told that those stripes, by those stripes, by the blood of Jesus, were healed. Now, the blood of Jesus has power to heal every time. But let's understand reality. He doesn't heal every time. I get a little frustrated with myself because maybe, maybe God's not answering a prayer that I'm praying. And then I start kind of looking inside. Am I not doing the things right with God? Am I not behaving the right way? Am I not doing the right things? Let me help you. That quickly moves into a works-based system that if I'm doing the right things for God, He'll do what I want Him to do. And, and I honestly, it just bothers me when, when uh, I get challenged and someone says, well, maybe you don't have enough faith to be healed. Let, let, me, let me help you with something. That faith comes from God. God gives us the faith. Here's the challenge. Here's the question. Here's the the filter. It's not, do you have enough faith to be healed? But do you have enough faith to keep it when you're not healed? Can you glorify God no matter what happens? This same Paul, that people were taking the handkerchiefs and people were getting healed because it had touched his body and the power of God, the power of Jesus over sickness was healing other people. Paul prayed. He had a thorn in his flesh. We're not real sure what that is, but he prayed. He said, three times I prayed and asked the Lord to remove it from me. This is what God said to Paul. Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. In your weakness, my power is made perfect. And Paul said, therefore, I will boast all the more about my weakness so that he can be made great in my life. This same Paul, whose handkerchiefs were healing people, wasn't getting healed himself. But still, he had the faith to walk, to go, to take that message of the cross, of those stripes. The blood of Jesus is powerful enough to heal every time, but it's not going to heal us every time. Because when God does something, When God heals us or God doesn't heal us, it's for His glory and our good. Last weekend, I don't think I do this well enough in our church, but sharing wins. And we talk about wins as a staff on Mondays. And wins aren't, hey, Matt finished the preaching on time. Wins are associated with our vision. We want to see lives changed by the message of Jesus. Last week was one that will stick with me for ever. There's two ladies in our church and they're not able to be here and you're going to hear why in a minute. After the second service, they came out walking down the hallway and her daughter says to me, Pastor Matt, my mom wants to give her heart to Jesus. And I'm telling you, man, that 
that guy, I got, I'm getting, feeling some dirt in my eye right now. But we go into the prayer room and we start praying. And I prayed for, for she's praying, forgive me. And then I, and I said, heal me. And she says, heal me and just loses it. And her daughter said she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer last week. And that she was starting chemo and radiation this week. And her daughter said, here's the thing. No matter what God decides to do with my mother's body, I will see her in heaven. It's not the faith to decide whether or not you get healed. But do you have enough faith to keep it and walk in a way that you can glorify God with everything you've got? Because his blood is powerful enough to heal every time. But his grace, his goodness, and his mercy is everything we need to sustain through the journey. He has power over sickness. He has power over the devil. Let's go on. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. You know it's getting ready to go bad here. I love this. I wish I had some like Scooby-Doo music or something like that. (laughs) Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and I know about Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. When I was in grade school, we used to have these debates after a wrestle match or a fight. Who won? Well, I punched you in the nose. Why had you in the sleeper hold, fool? You know, I won. No, I won. Let me help you with something. If you start a fight fully clothed, and after said fight, you are naked and bleeding, you lost. Okay? (laughs) Just tuck your tail, whatever you got to do, you have lost. These men, and you know it's going bad. Jesus has power over the devil, and these men recognize Jesus' power. See, this is, like, this is like saying this. Jesus, we want your stuff, we want your authority, but we don't want you. But we want to use your authority to get what we want. You know that's going to go bad. I told you last week, if we want Jesus for his stuff and stuff alone, we're in trouble. Jesus is better than his stuff anyway. But the name of Jesus carries authority. There is power. Think of it like a power of attorney. If you receive power of attorney over an estate or a matter, you have the ability to make decisions that will affect the outcome of that situation. You are not allowed. It is illegal to abuse that authority. We are given the power of attorney through Jesus, not by the letters J-E-S-U-S, but by the cross of Christ and the relationship and the blood shed at Calvary. When we are in that relationship, we are sons, we are daughters, we are heirs and co-heirs, and we have that authority that we can stand and, and have power over the enemy. Now, I'm not trying to get weird or anything, but here's the reality. Too many of us don't invoke that power. I think a lot of things going on in our life are spiritual. Now, I believe in counseling, and I believe in medication. If you need to go to the doctor, go. If you need counseling, get it. One of my friends and mentors said, there's two types of people that I know, those who are in counseling and those who need it. (laughs) I was like, what are you trying to say? uh, 
But the reality is this. There's a lot of issues that plague us in society and in life that when you get to the root, there are spiritual issues. How can I, how can I tell you this from sheer honesty? When, I am, when I'm wrestling with a sin in my life, it affects me physically. It affects me mentally. It affects my family. It affects my job. It affects my ability to make sound decisions. And so some of us need to get, get in and, and get the relationship with Jesus fixed first and then invoke his power of authority over that sin in our life. And we need to kick the devil out of our mess. It's enough of a mess with the de- without the devil in there. Get him out. Pray over your kids in the name of Jesus. That at the name of the Jesus, at the name of Jesus, the enemy has to flee. You don't want to start anything with them if you don't have the authority. This Jesus I know, but who are you? Who am I? I'm a child of the Most High. I am bought and redeemed and paid for by the blood of the Lamb, and you have no authority in this place. Get out. He's got power over the enemy. The last thing he's got power over sin. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Hmm. So if, if we respect it, it gets held in high honor. We don't have to force people to respect Jesus. He's worthy of it anyway. You've heard me say this before. Jesus is a man among boys. He commands respect without me having to, to, to build it up for him. When I respect him and honor him, he gets the honor and respect he's due and and deserved. They were seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed their evil deeds. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. That is, for those of you who like math, that is 137 years worth of wages. That was the value of the scrolls. Some of us, when we feel God calling us to do something, we start to count the cost and go, that's too much. When Amber and Karen were called to go to Ireland, yeah, it meant not going out to dinner with their family so much so they could put money in the envelope so they could afford the trip to Ireland. Too many of us, Try to put worth to our stuff above worth to Jesus. These people, let me help you. This is the log and the speck principle. We don't have to go around shouting and griping and complaining at people to get rid of their sin. When we live our lives under the power and authority of God, that's a compelling enough reason for other people to change their life. And what happens is they start to, become, they start to evaluate their situation. These people started thinking, okay, this Jesus is, is the one true God. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. And as Paul is teaching the gospel and proclaiming the gospel, what's happening is these people are coming to that, that point of confession and repentance. And they're saying, I need, I've got some stuff I need to deal with. They brought their scrolls under their own power. There was no preacher up there. Paul didn't have to go up there and start shouting everybody, that's sin, that's wrong. You got to pull the speck out of your eye. We look way past the log in our eye. We got to do some, we got to cut some wood at home before we go minister. But we got to get that taken care of. But when we live our life alive, that begins to be a testimony to the people around us. And then they start doing it. I don't know, I grew up in church and I don't know if you ever had one of those record burnings. 
Any of y'all remember record? You'd bring your albums and cassettes and put them in a barrel on fire. And that would just lose the drama today because it's just like right-click, delete your MP3s. You know, okay. are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, right-click, delete, done. You know, I guess you could have some kind of light with the paper doing it to give it the fire effect, you know. But, but we build that up. But the reality is, I, I truly believe this, that when we see Jesus and when Jesus transforms us, that we will tear down our own idols. I believe that the people we like to pick on who have idols in their life and sin in their life, if we will live our life under the authority and power of Jesus so that we can minister to them and love them with the gospel, they'll tear down their own idols. I don't have to go tear them down for them. Jesus has power over sin. He defeated that at the cross where he said, it is finished. He bore it and will not bear it again. Let's, let's finish this up. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. After all this happened, Paul decided to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia. After I've been there, he said, I must visit Rome also. He sent two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, to Macedonia while he stayed in the province of Asia a little while longer. So the power of God compels him to move on. The mission keeps moving. There's nothing stationary about the gospel. There's nothing stationary about following Jesus and about the, the Christian life. Here's my hope for you, you know, because we, we walk out of here. And I'm going to pray for us to walk out of here full of power. I talked to you last week about uh, being full and continually filled with the Holy Spirit. So I'm praying that you leave here with your sails up and that you leave here full of, of the Holy Spirit, full of the power of God. But you're not chasing the power just to have power over sickness, the enemy, and sin. But that power of God is the fruition of the fullness of the gospel in your life. That you walk out of here not just understanding where Jesus has authority, but you walk out of here understanding that it's the resurrection that changes it all for us. The full gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, who is fully God, fully man, son of God, who paid for the sins. It's his blood that when it was shed, that allows us to be called sons and daughters that allows us to have power of attorney and to live in that authority. So I'm going to pray that you, you walk in with the authority of the life, with the life that Jesus has called you and created you to live. And don't abuse that. Don't become, it's easy for us as Christians to become, we, we humble ourselves and submit to the power of God and then we become prideful jerks because we have the power. Keep walking in humility. It, the word that's coming to my mind is meek. Be meek. Meek is this. I have the power to absolutely crush you, but I love you. And I'm going to walk with you and love you instead of crush you. Let's go crush the enemy and let's live submitted to Jesus and love people along the way. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for your word and the truth of your word. We thank you for the, the, the cross. We thank you for the blood that Jesus shed on our behalf at Calvary so that we can have uh, life. So that we can live the life you've created us to live and called us to live. And Father, some of us are sitting here this morning and we, we, we need your power in our life. 
Maybe, maybe it is the power over sickness. And maybe, maybe some of us are a little beaten up by the enemy because he's telling us that we're not good enough for you to heal us or heal those that we're praying for. So, Father, I just pray, first of all, that in the name of Jesus, you kick the enemy out. That we have a relationship with you, and as we ask in your name, it will be done. That the enemy gets his hands off of our families. That the enemy gets his hands off of our marriages. That the enemy gets his hands off of our off of our jobs. That the enemy gets his hands off of the, the life and the mission you've called us to, to engage in. Lord, I pray that you give us the ability and the authority uh, to walk away from some of the sins that we, we just, we, we love. We hate that we love them, but we love them. Give us the power to walk away from that sin. Cleanse us, Father. Forgive us. Heal us. Change our lives. Maybe for some of us, today is the first day of a real life. Maybe for some of us, it's the first day that we decide we're going to walk, we're going to live, we're going to move in the power of God and not under, not under our own power, but yours. Father, we just pray that you just anoint every step we take and every word we say so that it's just saturated with your goodness and your glory. We love you so much. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Love you guys. Marine Creek Church is located in Fort Worth, Texas. If you have any questions, feel free to visit our website at www.marinecreekchurch.com. Thank you.